0: Well, hey, Firecracker Department members. I have some great news. You know, Firecracker Department's been around for about a year now, and uh, we have a sponsorship. How cool is that? Front Row Insurance Brokers is the largest Canadian-owned brokerage specializing in arts and entertainment insurance and also specializing in supporting the firecracker department i am thrilled they provide global coverage for the film tv theater and music industries and their service providers so really they just do everything their personalized expert advice for all production related insurance is available throughout the united states and canada and eu that means europe While low-cost online options are also available for short shoots, photographers, and musicians. So basically, go to FrontRowInsurance.com for all your insurance needs, and they'll hook you up. It sounds like they do everything. I like that about insurance. Somebody that can just do everything. Passionate about the arts, better at insurance. That's a pretty good catchphrase. Hey everyone, it's Naomi Sneakers here and welcome to the Firecracker Department. First of all, welcome to all the new members. Thank you so much for all the tweets and all the emails that I'm getting. I so appreciate it. Um, keep it coming. I love the feedback that we're getting on the um, the spark of the month, which is every month we're going to be asking a new question and then getting your feedback and I'll read them in an upcoming episode. So uh, last month, was what advice would you give your younger self? And next month, we'll be announcing the uh, question on the last Sunday of the month, which is when we do our Facebook slash Instagram live chat. Who knows where I'll be in the world, but I'll set up a chat and we will talk. You better believe it. Uh, How's everybody's week been? What have you been doing? What has been inspiring you? What have you been working on? Tell me all about it. Um, I have been writing. I am our, our apartment here in Los Angeles has turned into a bit of a writer's room, so Matt and I have been writing away. We've got a couple of shows um, that we're developing, and it's really fun. The craft services isn't great. We both look at each other at break time and go, what are you going to make for lunch? So that's not great. we got to sort that out. Um, The working environment is lovely. We have a dog here that gives us comfort. It's like a comfort dog, and um, uh, it's fun to um, get into this headspace. It's one great thing about living, you know, in Los Angeles, where we don't necessarily have the same sort of, I don't know, busyness that we do in Toronto. But you get to focus on like writing, or you focus on your career, and it makes you feel a little bit less. I don't know, spinny, I have a lot going on, I know, but here it just seems a little bit less spinny. Um, so we're writing, and it's going well. It's hard. It's not something that comes easy to me. Yeah, and I am i haven't done something that I am challenged by like this for a long time. So, you know, it's full of, like, insecurities, like, can I really do this? And, um, I, you know, I pull some good temper tantrums when I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. And then I turn it around and I get to work. And I'm all the time, always, always, always grateful that I push through. It's just that little in-between time when I'm full of doubt that I I have to push through a little bit. So um, it's great to be doing it together because Matt's writing as well. And we can kind of check in and be like, what do you think about this? And what's a funnier joke for this? And he happens to be one of the funniest guys I know. So it works. Uh, Stay tuned. I'll keep you in touch with how those shows are developing and when you can maybe see something that we've been working on. Wouldn't that be exciting? Uh, Speaking of exciting, oh, the queen of segues. Uh, We have one of my favorite people on our show today, Karen Bruce. Now, Karen Bruce is the director of membership and fan engagement at the Academy of Canadian Cinema and Television. Yeah, I read that because it's a lot. But basically, she connects talent with they're fans. And she does all, anything she can do to support Canadian talent. She's amazing. She, I mean, I don't know how tall she is. She's shorter than me, but she has way more energy. Like she runs marathons. She's a dynamo. She does everything. And then I see her at these events and she's like zipping around. I'm sure she wears heels that are too big, too crazy, tall, but she still wears heels and zips all over the place. As so much energy, and uh, and she does her job with such passion and such celebration and joy and respect. Like she does everything with with just a higher level that I'm really in awe of. She's really inspiring, and uh, and I often think, you know, when we do these firecracker department podcasts, you know, the folks that people know about are like, you know, actors, directors, writers. And then there's people like Karen Bruce that maybe you don't know about, but she does so much for the Canadian talent industry and um, the film and TV industry. We couldn't do it without people like Karen. She's just an amazing woman. I remember the first time I met her, she was like, I think it was at, I feel like it was like a fan reach out event, or maybe it was like a Canadian Screen Awards event. But she was zipping around, and I was just in awe. She had this gorgeous lanyard. You are about lanyards; they're all usually these like gross, like plastic things that you try to take off as soon as you put them on. And hers had like rhinestones on it. I think it had a section that she could put her cell phone in. And I was like, she's got it going on. Um, so I was instantly a fan. I know you're going to be a fan as soon as you listen to her. So please stand by and have a listen to my friend Karen Bruce. You know, I was trying to think about when we first met do you was it through TIFF or was it through CSAs I
1: feel like it
0: that's a good question I know I, I remember s- seeing you and I remember you had this is all it's all about the bling but you had um the lanyard the lanyard and I was like <laughs> what's going on with that and you're like I know so it
1: might have been actually the CSA it might have been yeah my friend sells those online and I used to give them to friends of mine that used to have to run red carpets at TIFF it's yeah like you have to wear one I it's like make it look good yeah and so i now all the directors and that at the academy i always have different colored ones to match the outfits and that and i do we get a lot of we get a lot of uh chatter about it because they are fun yeah um yeah so it must have been csa's yeah because i have to say i've been there now for over five years yeah that's about how long so i've like, been part of them yeah. yeah yeah that's crazy and is
0: that like i mean your um official title is uh
1: is it talent? I actually don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, n- nobody, nobody knows. knows. What's your official title? Uh, it's a Director of Membership and Fan Engagement, which we added, um, and it's changed a little bit. So I used to do everything that touched the fans during Canadian Screen Week. Right. Um, it's changed a little bit just the way we've reorged the organization in the sense that I don't really run the fans' choice voting anymore because it's a that's a more communications thing, but I do work with the Family Fan Day, which is the big free big event day. we do. Yeah, which you and Jesse were at last year, mm-hmm. and and then I also will do the fans on the red carpet, um, and we are looking at bringing fans back in to watch the show again this year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so we did it the first couple of years, um, and it just wasn't a great user experience for the fans, which is why we changed it, because they have to be... A lot of fans, most people don't know there's a pre-show to the live show. Yeah. So, you right. know, they know there's a like show that's on thing, at 8 o'clock. Right, Yeah. They don't know there's an hour and a half of awards before we go live yeah. with another host, right. which was... I'm a, hunter. Uh, I'm a Hunter last year. Fantastic. Um, so they kind of go, why do I need to be in line at 4 o'clock or 3 o'clock on a Sunday when the show's at 8? Right. And, and it's minus 20 outside. Yes. So, you know, as much as we tried to say, you, you know, there was a two-hour pre-show because the window's too small to, to get everybody in between. Mm-hmm. So they come in... Um, they go into the you know the top pod. There's lighting up all in there, so they're not allowed to sit in front of the lights. They're not allowed to go to the bathroom and make noises during the show. Yeah. They have to sit, but they have to really enjoy the show, and then they have to leave right away while everyone's getting ready to party. Yeah. And so great. we need to make a better user experience. So now we like now we we think we're gonna do it like where we're actually gonna go up to the audience. We want them to be loud and you know yeah, and holler and be on social media the whole time during the show to say that they're they are live watching. Yeah. You know? I've seen
0: shows to- before, and they're like, please tweet. Please t- turn on your phone.
1: We should be wanting them to do that. Yeah. We want
0: to trend that night. We want everyone to be watching. Yeah. The so, tricky part is not having anybody's head down on their phone and
1: watching the show. So it's like, just tweet while your head's up. Exactly. The, yeah. the thought. The other thing is, too, and we fixed this last year, we used to always be, it was that like crazy time frame of we were 8 o'clock, but we were really live in Halifax. We were an hour delayed in Ontario because of the 11 o'clock news. Right. Or the 10 o'clock news on Sunday. And so we were, if you were in the show tweeting, people watching on the TV were getting the delayed. We haven't seen that award yet. And it, it right. went all foobar. Yes. So now we're live in Eastern Time Zone, which is when we're, a lot of the people are watching the show. Yeah. And people that are watching it and, and the Vancouver and all that, they know they were watching it delayed, same as we do with other award shows. Right. So it it kind of corrected itself a bit there, but it was a bit wonky for a while cuz people are, are following on social media and yeah. it's not
0: matching. Right. And you kind of like that um, it's like reading along.
1: We like the old, or like yeah. sing along the bouncing ball. Exactly. It's like oh God, bouncing tweet. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so, and we also do like um we do like a watch the seas at home and do your parties. We have like a bingo and all that. Oh, and that's it's cool. so if you're and and you know we know a lot of people are watching the show with two screens one on their TV and one through their phone right so you want to engage them on both and if you have it on two different time zones it doesn't really work for you so yeah yeah anyway we're working to work to improve that and you so you were at TIFF before that I was I was 10 years at TIFF yeah Yeah. maybe we did meet then I know I'm trying to think I'm like you're there for that long. long I was ten years at TIFF, and I was trying to think if it was a shorter uh, a feature that you would have been in in like maybe my last couple of years there. Though yeah, maybe because that's when I met a lot of the guys like Travis and Greg Smith and all those guys that right. became the whole Ricky Blue Ricky yeah. um Ricky, Ricky Blue yeah gang. Um, I met them through TIFF, but then I became friends with them after that. And now look at Greg; he's like one of the best directors we got going. Right, great. Um, but yeah, so I because I did a, a pretty much anything that touched Canadian content at TIFF. So I was the director of Canadian initiatives there.
0: Well, I knew this is the thing, and I feel like people know you but don't know you. Right. You know, they know of you because you're this little fireball that goes around and handles, as you said, like all the Canadian talent, but they don't really know, A, where you come from, or B, like what your main goal is. Like, and I think that it's important to celebrate like the behind the camera stuff. We don't often do that and recognize like you do so much for Canadian talent. Yeah, I love it. You, you know, do it's love real, it. I yeah. mean, that's
1: the thing. I know you do. It's a passion. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's, and it started at TIFF. I mean, I... I. What was, did you... Did you always want to do this kind of work? I don't think I knew that. Right. Like, I don't I don't think people know this position no. exists, right? Well, because it doesn't right. anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm sure we'll get into it. That was part of the hard problem when I left TIFF was, it's not like, oh, I'll just go to another company and they'll hire me for the exact same job. Yeah. It didn't exist anywhere else. It right. doesn't exist. So there's relatable skills, which is great, but that position doesn't exist. So I was working, I um, I actually worked so a lifetime ago at the Canadian Automobile Association, the other CAA. What? Yeah, I know. that is Was that one of your first jobs that you had? It was my placement from co-op in high school. Wow. And then they hired me part-time, then full-time. I worked a year full-time that to save up. That
0: doesn't seem glamorous enough for you.
1: I, well, and I, especially when there was a uniform, because it really wasn't glamorous. Yeah. It was polyester blue. Like, it was terrible. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I have, I've always had a big passion for traveling. And so I was... You know, one of those people that highlighted your maps, how to drive to Florida. Oh, I cool. can still do it for yeah. you right now. Um, <laughs> I could you. you were like the original GPS. I'm the original I GPS. Love it. Exactly remember the old triptychs? Mm-hmm. You had to turn the page? Yes. Yeah, so my that's parents wh- always had that. So and so my last role there was I was the trainer in the call center at head office. And part of the reason I left is I was no longer in a store interacting with people and I've always been a very big interactor and I also decided I really wanted to travel rather than sending other people so I quit and went backpacking for a year went to Australia New Zealand had a great time came back broke got a job with a I got I went into a placement agency and they placed me at Toronto Hydro in real estate law Oh. Talk about less glamorous. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah, worked with a lot of great people. Sure, nice people. But um, that but doesn't seem like not your kind my of work. kind of work at all. And so I started volunteering at the festival because the festival office was right beside Toronto Hydro, it was the corner of Carlton and Young at the time, right? Like the old headquarters. And I had volunteered before I went away, but when I came back, they had changed their policy, and you now had to submit a resume to be a volunteer, which was. Very smart at the oh, time, yeah, so they yeah. knew, you know, a little check. Sure. And then they called me in to do, for a job because they saw that I had a travel degree, a travel search background, and they wanted, they needed a new travel agent for the guest office. Oh. But the pay was four dollars a week, and it was like a sixteen-week gig. Really four dollars a week. No, but, we but it felt like it was far Yeah. yeah. And I was taxes. full time at at Toronto Hydro, so I was like, I I can't quit my job for this. Yeah. Anyway, so fast forward, they offered me another gig that was the Ground Transportation Corner, shorter gig, and I could take all my vacation time from Toronto Hydro and do that gig. Oh, great. So I took all my vacation time to work 20-hour days uh, and did Ground Transportation, um, and I loved it. I and really you didn't know as soon as you loved, yeah. you
0: were like, this is my world.
1: I love this world. Yeah. I mean, that's why I was volunteering there because I loved the festival, yeah. and, and this, was, this was when it was just the festival. Um, like, had you grown up with movies, like, being a real yeah. prominent part of your childhood and things like that? So Film and TV, but yeah. we were that family, you know, the big, you know, when we got robbed later on when I was a, a teenager and that, and they didn't take the TV because it was the big massive Huge. console that they couldn't carry out of the right? house. <laughs> <laughs> we had that, we were that one TV family where we all sat down and watched the same shows, yeah. which was, like, Little House on the Prairie, and, you know. Yeah. But, and, and then my, growing up, my dad was, my dad still is, he's big on history and war and all that, so I watched a lot of, like, war movies movies growing up which I still to this day love Mm -hmm. but yeah so we were we were a big family yeah so then when you got into
0: TIFF volunteering and then working you're like ah, this is where I belong this is where I belong these are my people they must have seen that too
1: yeah yeah I mean I would say in the entire time I worked at TIFF I don't think my parents could ever tell you what my job was or but it's definitely not the title it did change a lot too mind you but they knew I worked there and they knew they got to go see films at the festival um which was thanks to some friends um but yeah so anyway so i got hired there and then while i was there um i got to know a gentleman campaign so became my boss he was running film circuit And it was a small three-staff department at the time. And its goal was to support and promote Canadian and international independent film across the country. So if you live in Salmon Arm or Wolfville, Nova Scotia, Salmon Arm, B.C., and there's one movie theater there that has three theaters in it, unfortunately, you're probably never going to get films that are up for best foreign language films and any Canadian content outside of maybe one screening, if that. Mm -hmm. And so they're mostly based um, through the arts organizations like museums, art galleries, and that, and they're usually comprised of volunteers. And they rent the theater for one night, and then they show Canadian films and independent films. And it was really, it's a huge, it still exists, it's still an amazing program. And it's a win-win for everybody because the theater is busy on a night. They wouldn't normally have a lot of people coming in because it's usually a Monday. The distributor is getting their film out into possibly 200 communities they would never have released it into. The locals are getting content that they are crazy for. I mean, it's a bit different with Netflix now where there's content at home, but this is before any of that existed. And it's created a community night for them. They go, you know, the first Monday of every month, they all go out, they go see a movie, then they go to dinner, they talk about the movie. Yeah. And is that important of, to you, community building? Yeah. Is that huge. always is that always been important? Yeah. And where I, does that come from? I for don't you? know because I grew up in Toronto. Yeah, like so Toronto. It, like North York. Right. So I it's not like I grew up in a small town.
0: No, but I don't know. Like I have an innate sense of a community building as well. Not everybody has that. Yeah, but it's important to me.
1: It is. It's really, and I th- I'm I'm sure Film Circuit helped nurture. I think it was a win-win. Yeah. I already had a bit of it, but then Film Circuit really brought it out in me. Because it's, it's one of those, like for instance, when um, Sarah Pauley's first feature film came out with the lovely Gordon and, and um, Julie, mm. Julie. Yeah, it was called. Uh, come, um, not Come From Away. I was going to say Come I Away I just thought you posted Come Away. It was uh, away from here Away from, away from Her. her. Um, that was beautiful. Such a beautiful film. But what we did with that, we got it on pre release before it was going out into the major centers. And then we reached out to the local film circuit groups and the Alzheimer's chapters, and we did fundraisers. Mm. So any proceeds that were raised that night went back into the local Alzheimer's chapter. Smart. So then everyone coming out knew that they were also fundraising back into their community. Yeah. It wasn't like raised was money. Was instigation? Were you like... No, it was... I, I don't know if it was Cam or it was it was built in with... I think Mongrel had the film. It, it was it was a whole team effort. Gotcha. Um, but we knew we couldn't say, raise money and send it to Toronto for the Toronto chapter. Like, why? No. Um, so it was great because a lot of money was raised for Alzheimer's. A lot of people got to see the film. Everyone, of course, loved it, talked about the film. It did, had a great release. Yeah. Um, and you know, and it, and so I think for that, that also helps Film Circuit grow in their local communities because then they see they're actually feeding back into their own arts. Yeah. And a lot of the communities, especially out west, there are people that have lived in Vancouver and Toronto that worked in arts. They've just retired out there, but they're still thirsty and hungry to have yeah. access beyond... You know, just the multiplex films. Yeah.
0: So, 10 years after working at TIFF, what was the uh, impetus to jump over to the Canadian Screen Awards?
1: Um, Well, I got laid off. (laughs) That's a big impetus. (laughs) So, there was that. Um, Did they just downsize? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's hard though, because if your job
0: isn't like as defined as you want it to be, that's probably them going, well, what are we going to do?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, we can say there's a hundred different reasons why it happened. It was downsizing. There was three programming heads at the time which was cameron who's still there obviously now noah who's who's not and and myself and i definitely had i even though i had three departments i definitely was the smallest of that you know noah had the building cameron had the festival Mm -hmm. and i sort of did the niche of the industry programming during the festival and the lounge and film circuit and and then you know canada's top 10 and canadian programming and, and you know, I think the reality is there's a couple things. I, I do think that the building is and was struggling financially yeah. a little bit. Um, and I think they did. They just saw an, a need to, to downsize. Yeah. And, and I was that, you know, there's people before me. And there's been people after me. And at the time, it's a bit, you know, personal and Yeah, emotional. what was that
0: like for you to go through?
1: Uh, it was hard. Yeah, because I mean, really that's like sort of your ideal place to live. It was also my identity, yeah. which I was really, um, I'm really lucky in the sense that I have a life outside of the industry, which I find is really important to me. Yeah. I need to be able to walk away and still have... Did you at that time? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've always like been to Like your marathon sports. running and yes. stuff like that? Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. running, I play Ultimate Frisbee. So I have friends that are completely removed from the industry yeah. that I can... What's that, that, that like? <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> important to me. I don't have it. Because I've seen people um, leave TIFF either on their own accord or not, who didn't have that yeah and it's all tiff all the time and it's because it's consuming right it's it's so i mean it's a very social place to work there's a lot of events that go on everyone you know you work with really great people so it's easy to want us to always be around that but for me i i needed to be able to have to be able to remove myself from that as well um so yeah i mean it came as a complete shock um and it was really hard i um I had, uh, someone who, who gave me the best advice ever or, or, you know, told me and said, you know, you're, you broke up with your work. Yeah. They dumped you. Yeah. And you're really upset and angry because you love them still. Um, but it's a relationship and you will move on and you'll find somebody else, something else. And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. Could you hear that at the time? Yeah, I, I mean, it was you know, a little hard. You know, sometimes you just
0: can't. It can't even go into it, your head.
1: It was a little hard, but at the same time, it was the best reality, uh, like, okay, that's, that pragmatically put it in place for me. Yeah. And now, I'll, I'll figure it out. And I was off for, for almost a year, and in what that What did you China, do in that year? I went to Africa. Yeah. I went to go see the gorillas in Uganda, which was just incredible. And I went to the David Sheldrick um, animal Elephant Animal Orphanage, which is one of the best places in the world. Where is that, in South Africa? It's in, yeah, it's in Kenya. Sorry, mm. not South Africa, it's in mm. Kenya. In uh, Nairobi. And it is one of, like, the best places in the world to go. Right. And anyway, just going to, I had been wanting to go for a long time, and then I started telling people, I'm just going to go. And then I was like, oh, shoot, I keep telling everybody I better go. Yeah. And then I thought, what when am I going to get a chance to go away for two months? And I'm still, you know, I'm on a package, so I yeah. can afford to go. And then I and then and then that's where you know I've I've had a lot of friends that have come out of you know relationship jobs and, yeah. and I've been able to say to them the same thing like in your when you're mid career how often do you able to take time off and be able to figure out your next step and yeah. reinvent yourself or not or or say say you know pretend you want to not pretend but figure out you want to stay stay in the industry Yeah. Could did you have any idea what you wanted to do next? No. And actually when I so when I was down there, I fell in love with South Africa and a small town out there. I'm gonna say I fell in love with this elephant. Which well, I'm sure you did too, because I fell in love just... with a lot of elephants. <laughs> I know I was like I want I wanted to stay at the David Shelter oh, yeah, are there. Yeah. Um you have to pay to be a volunteer at these places and you have to commit to I think it's the minimum of three months. And it's because that's what helps fund their old nonprofit, right? right? So I have no problem with paying to be a volunteer and be there and I would have cleaned elephant poop for three months gladly. I not a lot of people would say that. Yeah. That say. <laughs> I couldn't... I was trying to figure out whether or not I can afford to do that and not, and then come back and still have a mortgage and need to find a job. Yeah. And so in that moment, because I didn't go down with that plan, I was like, I can't do that right now. Yeah. And then I was on my way to see the gorillas, which was just, like, life-changing. It's, it's amazing. Anyway, so then when I was in South Africa, I fell in t- love with this small town called Hermanus outside of Cape Town, and they were hiring in the hostel I stayed at and when you think hostel you think got 30 people in one room it wasn't it was this beautiful old house it had a pool it had a dog yeah. had a bar and it was just amazing just... and I was like huh and I was with a friend at the time and she's like why don't you just rent out your house and stay here for a year and I'm like yeah oh no what? no because they probably pay four dollars a week right, in right. <laughs> so I was like I can't and I've got two cats at home and Anyway, so I came back and and it was great. But what, is that your personality to do something spontaneous like that? Yeah, it it, like bit. it wouldn't yeah. have
0: surprised anybody if you were like, "I'm just gonna stay." Yeah, here. for sure. Yeah, yeah. But then the cats and the mortgage yeah. and everything else brought you back.
1: Yeah, and then but what was really great about that trip is I came back and went, "Okay, I I'm gonna find something, and it may not be in the industry. I might have to leave, and that's okay." Yeah, I want to stay in. But I know that my skills are transferable; that I will be able to find a job somewhere else. Because I think when I left to go down, I was like, "What am I going to do?" All I know is the industry. Yeah. And so when I came back, I had clarity from that. And then, I was, you know, I was very, very lucky. Um, um, the very late um, Rob Stewart reached out to me; was working in Revolution, and I ended up working with him on that, which was which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that, I started talking to Helga, who had just started taking this gig at the Canadian Screen Awards. Right. And um, and then a couple other contracts came up working with, and then the so when I started at the academy, I was on a contract, and then I started full time after the first awards. And so when you were in, in South Africa or Kenya, um, where were you? Both. I was in Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, and South Africa. Okay, when you were over there, yeah, I was in um, yeah when you were in Africa, did you start like
0: envisioning what you wanted your job to look like? Like, did you start, like, this is... Because what you went through is what every actor goes through every time we don't have a job. job. So you sit back and you're like, what do I want to do? And then you start envisioning, like, either the kind of shows you want to be on or the kind
1: of work you want to do. And I'm sure you kind of followed that same path. Yeah, I think on a more broader scale, my guess would be having never acted in my life. um, I would think of an actor as, like, am I going to keep acting or do something else? Whereas I was just like... What's my next job going to look like? Yeah. Am I going to work for the Toronto Blue Jays doing promotions? Yeah. Am I going to work for a bank being an event planner? I think I just started to think like, where am I going to go that I, that is going to give me the creativity outlet that I need, feel I need and the interaction with people where I'm dealing with both internal and external yeah. clients or, or people, stakeholders? Yeah. I think one of the things that I love the most about my job at the academy and at TIFF was that I was always meeting people... And interacting with other creative minds yeah. that, that are passionate about what they're doing. And I think for me, I just know myself, I feel like I'm best when I'm around people that are also being passionate. And, and if I'm around 20 people that are really negative Nellies, I become a negative Nelly. I don't know many people that wouldn't. You know? yeah. I mean, we talk about that, like if somebody
0: enters the room and they're... Like negative and they're down, yeah. I have a very hard time not getting into that energy.
1: And I also feel as I get older, I, I start to remove those people from my life. Yeah. Like if there are people that I'm constantly around and every time I'm around them, they're they've, the lioness with the cloud, I always say. Yeah. I'm like, I can't be around that. Yeah. I need, I need positive energy and I want to be a positive person. Yeah. So. Do you find yourself cleaning house a lot? Yeah, I do. I mean maybe maybe not a lot but Whatever I would as well. say as you get older yeah. there's people that you just stop you know there's people that I see maybe only once or twice a year but we pick up like we just yeah. saw each other yesterday and there's other people that reach out and you kind of go you know what it takes us 20 times to get together they always cancel and then when I do get together with them they complain for three hours yeah. and I go home and I'm like oh, I'm exhausted, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I know why do I need that so in my life now I either have to drag somebody with me yeah. <laughs> or I relieve myself Yeah. that person and and I think it's healthy to break up with friendships as you get older. There's just you know you change. Yeah, everyone does. I know somebody said once that friends come along for a long time,
0: a short time, or an important time. Right. And I think that's a really healthy way to look at friendships. I agree. I sometimes mourn the loss of friends, but that aren't in my life still. But I go out. Well, that's
1: it's just not the time anymore. Right. Or maybe there will be time in the future. But I think yeah. I think that's a, I think you're right that you do mourn lost friends for certain reasons, and then there's other ones I feel like. It's kind of that therapy where you yeah. kind of go, I don't need that in my life so right now. So long, sucker. Yeah. Yeah. So long. Good luck to you.
0: So what is it about the work that you're doing that you, like, I know you're passionate about it. I know, like, I don't see you ever at an event going, oh, another Canadian event. Like, I think you're so passionate about it. What is it that you, you get from it?
1: What do you, why is it so important to you? Because um, I think we, I think, you know, as Canadians, and we've all said this, we're not very good at um, promoting ourselves. You know so why And why do you think that is? You know, it's really hard. And I, and I remember years ago... This is going to tell you how old this long ago this was. I was sitting beside... And I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to remember the name. The drummer for Bare Naked Lady's wife. Tyler? Tyler's wife. Okay. okay. I only know Tyler. So I am and, and they And they, hopefully they're still together. Yeah. Um, but I just remember being like chatting and, and, and she wasn't like, Oh, I'm Tyler's wife. It was one of those, Oh, my husband's a musician. Oh, with Bare Naked Ladies. And at the time... I want to say it was nine hundred two one zero. There was some big show in the states that had them on the show, or, okay. or a song was on the show, and they became massive in the states. And they were still biggish in Canada, right. but playing like Fresh Weeks at universities, and you know, you know, doing that gig and and being loved, but not like massive stardom. And it was like, they're way bigger in the States. Same as Brian Adams, still Indiana, all became yep. bigger outside of Canada before they were. So the Ron Sexton is the same. Ron, exactly. There's so many stories like that. And I feel like we're not proud to say they're ours until they've made success at the center of our country. And I don't know what it is about that. And I think that's part of what I love about the Academy is like we're now like, no, we're going to create our star system because we have one. We already have it. We're not creating it. We just don't acknowledge it enough. And I think part of that is also like, it's not fair to pick one person out of the party and say that they're better than everybody else. Right. It's like, well, but it's kind of like one sports team has to win. Right. You can't all win the tournament. Can't all get participation ribbons. Although well, you, that you was do. fun. I enjoyed it. But I like that. And, you know, and I think some of our, our, I think a lot of the people in this industry are huge champions. I mean, we have 4,500 members at the Academy nationwide. And when we did a survey a couple of years ago, the number one reason they're members is to support the industry and their colleagues. Yeah. They yeah. want, I mean, you know, success for one person is success for everybody in that industry. And so I feel like if I can be one small part of helping people recognize their talent on any level, I'm a, and that's what I love to think, a tip that I try to do more at the academy is the emerging talent. Mm-hmm. People coming out of school, first year, you know. Uh, fourth year f- programs, first year in the, a new job. When And I meet with people all the time that are just made their first feature film, just made their first short film, or just coming out of school, whatever. And they're like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Volunteer. Yeah. yeah. Intern. Like get around people. Donate your time for free. Um, it, it's It's how I, I started. Because you have a lot of time right now. So yeah. just donate it. <laughs> I know you don't have any money, but yeah. you have time. Which is a pretty good currency,
0: to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so look, that's your part in this, but what do you feel like like, around you, what do you think people could be doing better to support that idea? Um, I just had this discussion with somebody else about why people leave. Like, you know, Matt and I split our time in Los Angeles. And right. I love Toronto. I love Canada. And I, I do seek other things. Right. I mean, why is that? Yeah. And what do you think? Where do you think you can gain support for that kind of vision?
1: I think, you know... Hey, just even with Pinewood announcing their expansion the other day, I think we're starting to build an infrastructure where people aren't going to need to leave. Mm-hmm. In two ways, one, there's a physical spaces now where you know we were losing shows and movies because we didn't have the physical space for Studio space, space, and space, and studio and, space. Yeah. but also, you know, the, the reality was not all of our content was great, and not all of our content is amazing now. But man, is it really? I would good. say the batting
0: average has improved for As, sure.
1: For sure, and so I feel like we're starting to create you know, um, projects and space that will hopefully keep people here. You know, we don't have a pilot season like mm-hmm. L.A. does, so I feel like we're always going to lose people, maybe, t- and hopefully temporary to that. Um, but I love, but you come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, I think the problem is when we lose people and they don't come back because they aren't just getting, the, you know, the work here. And I, you know, I was just out in Whistler with a with a, fr- a good friend who's a, an actor, and he's been living in LA for a while, and he does come back to Toronto. He, his his parents live here, um, and he wants to do Canadian movies. He wants to do Canadian TV shows. He wants to do projects, and he has done some, but he's just not getting offered them anymore. And I was I asked him about, I'm like, do you think it's because you live in LA and, and your agent isn't sending you those? And he's like, nope, I'm just not getting them. Yeah. And so is it because there's somebody else that's too like him that's getting them? I don't think so. Right. But I I don't know the answer to that. Um, he's a you know available, willing handsome actor wants to work why isn't why isn't his door being knocked down for projects right so and there isn't an answer right now no do you think the press plays a part in it yes (laughs) 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 I reluctant I do I mean I do I I, get it I I think they, they do well I think they can do better
0: I agree right like I don't think that's I think think that's slamming anything in their faces.
1: No, but and but I think you're right. I do think that we don't, again, we don't gloat our own stories enough. Mm-hmm. You know, we we get this one, you know, breakthrough role once in a while where we'll champion either a project like Alias yeah. Grace or a person like Sarah Gaddon. Yeah, I don't think that happens enough for the wealth of talent we have, and that's no disrespect to Alias Grace or Sarah Gaddon because yeah. they're both worthy of of that praise. Um, but I think there's a lot Jacob of... Jacob th- Trombley can't win any more awards. That's it. Right, yeah.
0: For this year, anyway. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but saying that, I love that he's in a co-production like room. And then he's just in Wonder with Julia yeah. Roberts. Yeah. Stephen James just won Canadian Screen Award last year for Race. And now he's going to be in Julia Another Julia Roberts. She oh, loves us Canadians. yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and hopefully that was a big part of it, you yeah. know. Um, so I do think we're making traction. We're, we're only, we're going into our sixth year of the Canadian Screen Awards. You know, I think we still have work to do on our end where we're making those awards relevant to the industry where they, it, it means something to be nominated. It means something for their career. They can put that on their their docket for, mm-hmm. I've been nominated or I've won. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I, I do think there's been a lot of movement in the last five years. I think we, there's still room to grow, and that's what we're working on. Yeah, do
0: you hit um, walls in discussion rooms, like when you guys are planning the next year of CSAs? Do you hit, like, pushback to
1: your passionate ideas? Yeah, I mean, all, there's hey man, you're, there, there's an entire room of creative people all with their own ideas. Yeah. So it's a matter of throwing the spaghetti on the wall and... Seeing which ones stick and which ones make the most sense for for that time.
0: Yeah. Are actors spaghetti? Are you saying? Because <laughs> We noodle a lot. <laughs> 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 um, um, I get it, but I mean, in a, in a, your discussion room, like, do you find a lot of people going, "We can't do that." We've tried to do that, and give, and there's a sense of like
1: giving up a little bit. Right. I I would say if Beth was here. Beth Janssen, the CEO of the Academy, she would say in her first year, we were that people, her her director's team. Right. Um, Because we had gone through four years of trying things and all that, where she came in and said, I don't want to hear you say the word can't, won't, don't, tried it. It's a whole new world. Yeah, And so she's been really great at being like, why can't we do that? Why can't we do that? Let's try it. Yeah. And so we are... You know, that must and, been fun to have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be very honest, it was a bit of a learning curve for a lot of us. Sure. Like, but we have tried it and it didn't work. Yeah. And we don't have any money to do that. And so being trying to be like, okay, we're just going to think that we don't, we have unlimited resources. Yeah. And, and we'll figure it out. Um, has also been really exciting because yeah. we had we have made a lot of changes and, you know, what's one of the biggest changes in the last five years that you're most proud of? Uh, at the academy. Yeah. Um. Well, I would say selfishly probably Family Fan Day. Mm-hmm. Just and then and the Fans Choice Award because we didn't even have the Fans Choice Award before and it was this sort of small little award that we did on the red carpet the first year or as part of the back show. And I would say it's probably the one one of the most the biggest awards we give away on the live broadcast now. Yeah. And then you have an award like like last year and it's um I loved when she went up on stage. Natasha? Natasha yeah Carmella. And she's like, half of you don't know who I am in the I room know. right now. And, you're, and and I just, I loved her frankness of it because unfortunately she was probably right. But she gave this amazing, beautiful speech. And she, like the fans were... Oh my God. Crazy. She's been
0: on Firecracker. And yeah, they go yeah. crazy
1: for her. they the Puffs. Carmella Puffs. Oh, is that what they're called? Yes. The, the fans? Uh, uh, Carmella Puffs. Puff. Yeah, set the puffs. But, um, <laughs> but, like, even just following them on social media when we were doing the voting and that, um, and, and I think they've already started pushing to have at least now, yeah. you know, yeah. this year. And yeah. They're passionate fans, and I love that. Like, And I think also part of the reason I love that, the fans' choice and also Family Fan Days, that's the stars getting to meet their fans. And, like, I'll remember, like, there's two, Carlos Pusimanti and Alexandra Beaton from mm-hmm. The Next Step, Just two particular different cases of them meeting little young fans who were screaming. But they were equally as excited to meet their fans mm-hmm. and be like, "You're the reason I have my job. You know, you're the one tuning into my show." Mm-hmm. And just to seal that excitement and love in the room and all that, it's I, pretty, I love that. It's pretty magical. It's yeah. It's it, You can feel the energy in the room. You know, talk about bad energy. That was. A, it's good for four hours. It's this amazing energy of people just enjoying themselves. And, yeah. And then you get you get fans meeting fans. Like you know, we had a. Um, uh, one of the young actors from one of the shows a couple of years ago was was one of the, you know, taking having his photo taken but then during a break he was like, do you think I could meet Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek? Yeah, I, yeah. I love that stuff. I know, it's pretty great. It's like when you, you know, the first time you probably get to go to the Golden Globes and you're like, I'm in the same room as Helen Mirren. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I <laughs> know.
0: Dan Levy is the Canadian Helen Mirren, I think people
1: say. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> what people
0: say. <laughs> so, so in your, and what about the, um, di- what about the, uh, the division between like male female within your different teams. Do you find that ever an issue about
1: like, because you seem to have like a female centric team. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Lewis is the outcast as far on the on the executive level really, um, but he pulls his weight. Yeah. Uh, but the office is pretty much half and half. But on yeah. Um, yeah, I mean Beth's the CEO and then um, Jennifer's Jennifer and Lewis are two VPs and then Ellen I are directors, and then it's kind of mixed. Um, Yeah, I mean, I would say that we're always very conscious of wanting to have a very gender parity and diverse office. Yeah. Um, But we also don't say the next person we hire has to be this, this, and this. Yeah, it feels very genderless. Yeah. The the roles. But I think when we're doing our outreach um, for contracts and positions, we're trying to make sure that we outreach to a lot of different organizations to bring in... You you never know who you're going to get. So, you know, I was just actually speaking to Beth about this. Um, When I worked at TIFF... You know, a long, long time ago when there was a lot of contracts, you had people that worked at Hot Dogs for half the year and then Tiff for half the year, mm-hmm. and they kind of go back and forth. There's a lot of festivals that are smaller, nonprofit, that they can't afford full time staff. And so there's people that hop around to, you know, like Imaginative and Relation mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Um, reach a park film festival that they, they kind of hop around and do different contracts and they're looking for other work and, and sometimes it's because they're also doing other things so they only want the contract mm-hmm. work they're not looking for full time so it's trying to tap into those people that we can you know when we have short term contracts for this for, you know leading up to screen week to get those people to come out and work at those at our at our company now mm-hmm. we don't have a lot we're a really small team yeah. we're like 11 full time year round yeah it's amazing what you accomplish for the size of your team I don't think people re- and I don't think sorry, people know that's the national <laughs> (laughs) office it's even smaller in our montreal office which is i think six time year round, and they do the Jumeau awards right and then and then obviously work with us on for the screen awards for for the film um department for the film area but yeah so we're less than 20 staff for two offices nationwide so yeah we we do a lot and then as we do bring in contracts yeah and then we have a lot of volunteers where
0: do you think uh where do you think this all comes from like you're you're such a an amazing dynamo and i feel like you Wow, thank you. like I feel like you accomplish so much in every capacity like whatever team you're in you're like full on you're like 200% it's almost like you've got the same brain as when you run a marathon of like you training yourself to do these things
1: it's the Duracell battery. you are a Duracell <laughs> you're an
0: energizer bunny so where do you think
1: that comes from in your in your past Um, I, I think that's really just been my personality I've always been a very energetic outgoing yeah. bubbly person like Growing up, I was always the one that planned everyone's birthday parties. Right. I was the one that always took all the photos and put the photo album together. Yeah. You know, before Facebook and Instagram and all these things existed. When they photo albums. I I still have all my photo (laughs) albums from high school, by the way. Um... I was always that person wanting to plan everything to connect people. Like, yeah. I always wanted to bring people together. Yeah. I was the one in high school that was friends with all the different cliques and everything, you know, and, and wanting everyone to just always get along.
0: Right. You know. Did you ever have the opposite? So that, you know, when you when you don't have that community, when you don't have everybody getting along, you go, oh, that's actually way more important than I realized.
1: Um, I, I'm sure I have. I can't recall a specific moment at this time. You know, I I grew up in in, in Toronto at a public school, and we we were, I mean, I feel very fortunate to have grown up where I did, in the school I did, because I grew up with two parents, I'm first generation Canadian, they're from Edinburgh, Scotland, and um, I grew up not actually knowing racism, or -hmm. equality, or anything like that, because we were all treated equally. Yeah, And there was no, there was nothing, there was some people had different holidays than me, and that was the only thing. I was like, "Why do they get to have that day off? Why? Yeah. I want
0: that day off yeah. too." I, I was always presents. inviting uh, Jewish people over for Christmas dinners yeah. at my I mean, house. I still do that.
1: <laughs> I'm like, "What? They have their night off? Why? They should <laughs> be having dinner." Yeah. Uh, so. so yeah. Anyways, I just feel like I've been very fortunate and maybe naive to a point, though. Also, not realizing you know that it still exists. I mean, I, I'm aware of that, but I um I I grew up and you know if I didn't like someone, it's because they were mean, right? Not because. Of any other reason, yeah. So does it slap you in the face when you see
0: like racism or sexism?
1: Yeah, I'm really like, oh yeah, that exists still. Um, and I, as I get older, I'm really short tempered about it. I find I, I have no window for it. Like Mm. a couple weeks ago on a streetcar, and it's interesting because there's a whole campaign now. This is where. I don't, if you, I don't know that one Yeah, so this is... It, only Anyone who takes public transit will know what I'm talking about. It's about how much harassment happens on public transit. Um. And so there's a whole hashtag of this is where. And it's like where Matt had to get off the, the streetcar because someone was making fun of him. For, right. Whatever. And so I was coming home on a streetcar, on um, the King Streetcar, which is like the busiest one, coming and we were almost at Broadview Station and some white supremacist was just railing on this older man. And like it was Horrific, Mm. and I was in the front of the car and it was packed, like standing room only. And this poor man was standing at the door, like ready to bolt out. And three or four other people on the car were like, You need to shut up. You know, we're all immigrants, we're all this. And I was at the front and my blood was seething. And as we got into the station, everyone started running towards the front because they just wanted to get off. Yeah, because it it made them uncomfortable. Whereas, of course, my thing is. Retaliate, go. So I go to the back of the streetcar and I confront the man, and I said words that I will not say on the podcast, <laughs> and he called me words that I won't say on the podcast. But I, I was like, it angered it make me you feel better? so much. Um, it, no, not really. <laughs> I wish it did, but it angered me so much that at every at any given time, someone is being going in, in my city, in which I feel like I I'm so proud to live in the city, and then you see things like that, and you think. Not in my city. Yeah. That is not okay. And so I feel like it's our role, some of us, to stand up for when that happened. And, the, and I was not the only one. Yeah. And there was a few of us that were like, this is ridiculous. This yeah. is not who we are. Yeah. Like, and and um, How about the um, hashtag
0: Me Too uh, yeah. movement? Has so, that been affecting you, not only personally, but in your career?
1: Um, I feel like uh, I, I, to, to be a jerk, not really. I mean... I, was, I attended the town hall last mm-hmm. week, the after-me too, that uh, Mia and Aislin and Freya did, um, which was great. And we are working on a code of conduct with the academy for our members and that. So, I mean, hey, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of conversation going. I think what's really important is that we keep the conversation going, but we move the conversation off people coming out or being outed to making sure that the victims always have a voice to the point where there aren't victims anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's in really important to keep that going, and, and I think we're all... We're all talking, and we all want something to come out of it, and so we can't stop talking about it. Um, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say I haven't had something happen to me. Of course, I've been in the industry for twenty years. I don't think anyone can say
0: they haven't. Yeah, like,
1: um, unfortunately, I would say the difference for me, very personally, is that when I have had it, I have called people out in it, and yeah. I and I, and I, you know, I'm okay to be that asshole. Yeah. I have that personality. Where I, you know, I, years ago, I was seeing someone, a therapist, and they said to me, you are independent to a fault. Mm Mm-hmm. And not in a good way. Right. And I went, hmm. Interesting. I sort of immediately wore it as a badge of honor. (laughs) Yeah. And then I kind of went, I know what they're saying, and I still am that person to this day. I work at it, and I remind myself once in a while, it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. How do you deal with it? (laughs) Um... I'm st- i am have to say I'm still independent to a fault.
0: Yeah. Like I, It's hard to ask for help.
1: I, I had that. a big
0: discussion about that with my friend last night and about how what a gift it is when somebody says, Can you do me this favor? Yeah. Because if I ask you to do a favor, you're like, I can I know I can make her life better. Right. This way. Right. As opposed to guessing how yeah. I can make it. So and what a gift it is if you can be generous that way.
1: And my thing is is the somebody asks me for help, I have to be able to do it for them. Right. Even if I know it's like, can you get me help me um hire a horse drawn carriage in New York City okay. no that I would say no okay. because I don't believe no horse. I can
0: figure that out though I can make that happen but if you
1: say like could you help me I want to meet a producer that's blah, blah, I'm like yep I'm going to do everything I can in my power to make yep. that happen yep. and I won't stop until I can or I get back to you and say look I've got I've here I've done you, what you I here. could I'm railroaded yeah
0: or there's another person that may be able to exactly yeah, it's sort of like the best part of our job is when you're able to connect people with other people
1: and I feel like that is my biggest strength and what I, why I love what I do is because I do feel like I am a really good connector mm-hmm. I want to be able to connect people be like Naomi have you met so and so they are amazing they're, you're going to love them you should totally talk to them about your podcast or they have this amazing project they're talking about mm-hmm. I know that you were talking about wanting to produce something like I love when I can when when I can do that and, and it works out mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to go back to the Me Too I, 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 it's a really relevant conversation, and I've obviously, I'm sure everyone has been talking to a lot of people about it, so I I don't want to dismiss it. Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like I've been fortunate enough in the circumstances that I've been under, I've been able to say, you know, I'm going to punch you in the face right now. Mm -hmm. Or, or I'll be the type of like, I'm sorry, you want me to what? oh I don't understand why <laughs> I'm like uh, to naive to the point where you're like they're kind of like they have to spell it out to right me. I'm asking you and I'm like oh but why would I do that I think I'm that's a great. Okay. there has to be
0: like a, a site somewhere of of good comebacks yeah like getting somebody to spell out how ridiculous they're being right in, in a harassment way or somebody else said um then challenging somebody going oh are you were you obviously you were hurt um to be able to speak like that. Right. What's going on? I usually just go, oh, I, I think you meant to say that inside your head and it yeah. came out loud. <laughs> I beg your pardon. I'm sure that's a problem for it's, you.
1: It's maybe a bad example, but it's that person, when, you know, that when they go, do you know who I am? And you immediately want to go, does anybody know who this? Is? <laughs> they do not. Oh, no. Like, He's going through dementia. Guys, <laughs> does anybody know? Luckily, and I have to say, I think that's one of the things that another reason why I love working in this industry in this country is you so rarely get that. Yeah. Like, you maybe more than I do, but I have to say, in my experience, um, I just feel like I've worked with so many amazing people that have been very generous with their time, um, helping to nur- you know nurture and, and, and mentor other people. But also, just like I've had to go in the when I was at TIFF, especially, I was on the road a lot with filmmakers mm-hmm. across the country and getting to go to places I probably would never have gone otherwise. Um, and you know, like Mike McGowan and Bruce McDonald, I, I worked with them a lot because they often had films on this circuit. And they're like two of the nicest people in this industry right. that I just I love, I adore, and I love their wives and their kids and that. And it makes me want to do more. Like, I just, I it's constantly am like, when's your next film? When can I do something? When can I help hmm. promote your next film already?
0: How are you when people are doing that for you?
1: I'm not as good. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, though,
0: right? If somebody's like, Karen Bruce, what are you doing next? How can I support you? You're yeah. probably like, I got it. it Thanks.
1: I, well, Fiercely or also it's like, it's not about me. I'm not the Like I'm not the content creator. Right. If it's about my job and how to make my job better, then I should be able to say, yes, I need that help. Personally, I'm like, no, 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 this is about you. What can I do to make your job? Right. Um, I feel like I'm one of the people in the wings that, you know, I'm not the director, the producer, the writer, the actor. And in my, and I feel like in my roles and capacities, it is about helping shine light on content creators, of any, of all, of all areas. Right. I mean, I I hear what you're saying, but I also think that,
0: I just think everybody has to look after each other.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, that goes back to our, you know, supporting the industry. Yeah. I I, I really feel, and, and I've been lucky with the Academy, I mean, I didn't know the TV and certainly not the digital media world as well as I do now, and I still have leaps and bounds to learn. But I've loved learning a lot more about um, those two industries, as they, especially digital media, as it grows. I yeah, mean, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's a whole new, it didn't exist, you know, the content being created. Uh, and, and we're recognizing the academy, you know, we're adding awards to that area and it's got its own galley evening now. And it's a really exciting time for us to be around that. Um, and we're, you know, we're already steamboats planning for Canadian Screen Week for next year, yeah. which is March 5th to March 11th, 2018. <laughs> I do say so myself. <laughs> uh, um, so well, what yeah. Creatively, like you, you're such a supporter
0: of people's creativity. What do you do that's uh, creative?
1: Um,
0: I mean, I know you're a marathon runner, which I think has its level of creativity because it's like, there's an arc to that
1: journey. You're very funny. You know, it's very funny though, is I'm left-handed, which is the creative half brain, I am not a creative person. I can't paint. I can't draw. I, I like taking photographs. I'm not necessarily good at it. Um, I feel like my creative bone is supporting other creative people. And I, I really See, I think that. that's still
0: creative. Like, I think everybody's creative in some capacity. I mean, right. my father's an, orga- an organic chemist. And for Christmas one year, he gave me a, a framed um, molecule. Wow, so like a sketch of molecule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's his creativity, right? right? Like right, that's right. where he. So I think, like you know, you have tattoos. That's a level of creativity. I think right. everybody has it.
1: It's a matter of
0: how they express their art.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I always um, tell my mother because she hates all my tattoos. People buy art for their walls. I buy them for my body. Yeah. Um, that way they're always around me. Yeah. Travel with me. That's right. You don't have to redecorate ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do get um, jealous and annoyed when people are over-creative, like Gordon Pinson. He acts, right. he sings, he's he writes, he's a poet, but he's also an incredible painter, yeah, if you haven't seen his painting, I
0: have not, but I've heard. I know Leah and and oh, Peter to her place sometimes and see.
1: Oh well, I mean Gordon's place is all is a lot of his paintings, but, but so is Leah and Peter. But I look at that and I'm like, you know, it really isn't fair. To be that talented. No, that's you should too much. Have to, being greedy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you should be yeah. able to share some of that. I would just want to be able to draw beyond Dick and Jane. But you, you could. If
0: that was a passion of yours, you could. Like, it's a muscle that you would have to develop. develop. And some people, that muscle comes easier than others. That's all.
1: Yeah. I feel like, I guess, I have a friend of mine, actually, not in the industry at all, who wanted to paint. So she took paint lessons. Yeah. And they're amazing. Yeah. Um, that doesn't interest you? Uh, no. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like I, at the end I wish of I could day, draw.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could. Like, you really could if you really wanted to. Yeah. It's a matter of, like, taking you're the, right. It's a muscle memory, right? right? So in some... You know, Gordon probably is born with the idea of he can draw and he could. Like, that's right. just it. But some other... Like,
1: I can't play the guitar, but I probably could if I worked at it. Right, right. I don't want to do it that badly. That's yes, I think you're right. I think that's... If there's any one passion that I really, really had, I would be doing it. Or yeah. I'd be taking lessons to, yeah. to, to work at it.
0: So at the end of your day, when you finish supporting all the Canadian talent, what do you? what's your turn off? Um,
1: uh, well, I, I watch a lot of movies. Yeah. I watch a lot of Canadian content, not because I feel I need to because of my job, but because I actually really, really love it. And then I watch other stuff to turn my mind off, actually. What like, do you do to turn your mind off? Um, that's when I watch crappy movies. Yeah. What's the worst?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I bet I can match it. I, I can match <sighs> the crappiest.
1: Well, I really—I mean, I love action hero movies. Like that's not like, crappy. That's still, and all those movies. There's something in those. everything. Um, but I'm a big reader too. I love reading. Yeah, what are you reading these days? Um, so I'm going to do a little Canadian plug. Um, I didn't just I read I feel it. like you're a walking. Canadian I know. Plug. I do love supporting everyone. <laughs> it's but amazing. Marty no. Jackson's "Do I Know You?" Okay, um, is amazing. Bruce McDonald actually gave me the book to read because I—I will read anything Bruce tells me to read. Um, and it's so good. It's actually like short stories. It's oh, each chapter is a different my brain. rock. Is like a different rock star. Oh, cool. And it's like a short story, and they might be the bus driver, or they might be like the chef, or. But it's so good, and yeah. it's easy to read. Um, I love it. Um, I also just read Joel Thomas Hines' book that just won mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. prize. Um Prize. Uh, burning. Oh my god, we'll be burning in our beds sometime. That's it. Don't kill me, Joel. Uh, and now I'm, I'm... I actually picked this up a couple times and then went on to another book, and I'm back reading Sapiens, which is not Canadian. Right. It's, For the um, second time, or are you were back... No, back reading it, because I, I, I took traveling, actually, and then when I, I was in Italy and Scotland this summer, and I was reading it, and I was probably almost halfway through, and I met a young 18-year-old kid who spoke five languages, who just amazed me, and he was really interested in the book, so I gave it to him. Right. Very and so lovely. Then I bought, I just rebought it again because I realized I obviously really want to finish it. Um, But I, I, yeah, I kind of, I'm not one of those people that can read three books at the same time. Yeah. I can only read one book at a time. Yeah. And so when I put that down, I read another one and now, and so I've got about 20 books at home that I'm like, I want to read. I, I, for me getting, especially because I take public transit to work, it's like my time to like just turn off. And, yeah. and read and, and I, even on the weekend like, especially a good book I love just sitting and reading all day long really that yeah. sounds that sounds lovely yeah and I you know I, I'm really lucky um, all my family lives in the greater Toronto area I've got sisters and nieces and nephews and that so we get together a lot yeah so and then and then I play ultimate and, and run and do the stuff outside of this so what do you feel like is the element in your world that,
0: that needs more attention uh probably me <laughs> <laughs> well I mean it's interesting because you just said like I read a lot and I play ultimate food like those are all things that you would think feed you well what what part
1: of you isn't being fed um, yeah that's like a heavy question there <laughs> I'm sure somebody else will be able to answer that about me better right. than I can right um, I don't know I just I'm I feel like I'm my best person when I'm helping other people yeah. Like, you know, at Christmas time, everybody that I give presents to will get a present that's a charity donation somewhere else. The kids didn't love it so much when it was like World Wildlife Fund, you know, the art, the animal, whatever. Mm -hmm. So, uh, a lot of times, like the meat away, the jewelry, and all that. But I, it's really important for me to give back. Um, I'm by far not the best off, but I also know that I'm not the least off. Mm -hmm. And I, and I love when charities, you know, when you're buying something that gives back. So, yeah. That's a big thing for me, um, and I don't volunteer like I used to. I I used to volunteer. Um, a lot of people don't know this. I used to volunteer at a deaf center for ten years. Oh,
0: interesting! Can you sign?
1: Oh, you're signing I'm right signing. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's yes, interesting. I can. I
0: interviewed um Cameron Mannheim. Oh, right.
1: And she's a huge she's, signer. Yeah. Yeah. So now she could probably be an interpreter. She was an interpreter. She yeah. was on call when she lived in New York. That's right. I'm not I'm not strong enough to be an interpreter. I I wanted to... Um, I talk with my hands a lot. Yeah. And I'm very bad at pronunciation. So a long time ago, I decided to learn sign language as a second language. Um, and then I... So I went to night school for three semesters. And then I just wasn't picking it up enough. And I was going at the Bob Rumble Center for the Deaf. And mm. so I asked if I could volunteer there. So I, for 10 years, I volunteered once a week. Wow. And That's it was taking them... Grocery shopping or to the laundry mat. It yeah. was just a lot of the people that live there are deaf as well as autistic or something. They're not just deaf because right. deaf people can obviously live on their own. And so these these were all um, individuals that had other situations going on. Um, but it forced me to learn it. It's like you know going to France and you yeah. have to learn to speak French. Uh, and I and I loved it. Um, yeah, it was something that I did uh, for a long time. And then when I went f- away for the year, came back and I did it a while. And then my my to be honest, two things happened. My job just became really, really crazy. I was traveling a lot. And I had to. I hate nothing more than committing to something and then not being able to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, me too. And so you know, when four Thursdays a month became one or two Thursdays a month, I just felt like I was always letting them down. Yeah. And then so so then I I don't know that sounds like a cop out, but I um I stopped and my no, schedule I that. I got busy, and then I so I haven't really done anything for a while. So that's hilarious. So you feel like the
0: thing lacking in. <laughs> A life that you're giving so much to the people is more giving.
1: Yeah, because I, I I take I re- it makes me happy to do that. Yeah. No, I get it. I it's funny that you consider that selfish. I don't know. I just feel like I'm around so many people that have other ways of, of giving back and doing things that I that I don't. Yeah. Like if you know
0: Like what would your best friend or your sister or your mom go, oh, she'd say, Karen, you need to do this more. Um
1: Man, I don't know. I don't know. I I I would. I don't even know because I would say like I have to take care of myself more. But I don't even know what that actually means. Right. Because I you do. You are take, you are looking after yourself. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yes. I do. Maybe not as much as I should. I don't know. I <laughs> I feel like I I'm not a great eater. I'm vegetarian, right. and I'm one of those people because. I have my niece living with me right now, but, like, she'll be like, you know, Auntie Karen, I thought I'd become vegetarian with you again because I thought I'd always be, like, home when you're cooking dinner, but you don't cook. Right. <laughs> you come yeah. home and you heat up something or you make cheese and crackers for dinner, and it's not really a meal. Right. Yeah. So, but, I, you know, the, I go out a lot after work. I have a lot of work events. Yeah. There's times where I don't get home from work till later, and Like, it's, your life feels very full. Yeah, but I... It's a choice. Yeah you know, I could go home at five o'clock every day for the most part and stay home and watch movies or read my book and do nothing and not interact. I don't choose to do that because I find I get the most out of being around other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky enough that I, I have a huge network of people around me that I love that yeah. love me that are equally supportive. And it does feel like you have an
0: amazing group of cheerleaders around you.
1: Yeah. Who would you say are, like are your top cheerleaders? Uh, outside of the industry, I would say two of my friends, Janet and Anna. Yeah. Um, Are they that your one o'clock in the morning phone calls? Yeah. 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 They're the ones, and I will try to say this without crying, I had to just put one of my cats down on the weekend oh. after 13 and a half years, and so they sorry. were the two that I called and were like, can you take me with me? Yeah. yeah. So, they're those two. So sorry. Um, yeah. That was really hard. It's been a long week. Yeah. Um, you know, you know what those animals we are in the same boat we a month
0: ago we had to say goodbye to our pups oh, yeah and it was the hardest thing i've ever yeah. done no look at us like, I, I know it was uh and and i've never belittled people's relationships with their animals but it certainly uh hit me harder than i knew it hit me hard but right
1: i knew it hit me hard um it hit it was unexpected so it hit me really oh. hard um and then just the littlest things, you know, you get up in the morning and you go to feed yeah. them and only one's there yeah. and you come home from work and they used to run to the door and now only one and, you know, and it's only, it hasn't even been a week. So, That's um, really hard. I cry every day still, but yeah, you know, um, anyway, I would say, so definitely those two outside and then I have two sisters that are older and my mom and they're probably my biggest cheerleaders mm-hmm. at, of all time at, at any time. And then I, I've been really fortunate to be around very strong women in this industry, you know, mm-hmm. um, from TIFF, not all there now, Maxine Bailey, who's still there, but Jen Bell and Shivani Marks and Alison Bain. So what and what was the
0: qualities in those gals that you admired? Like, what was the thing that you took away? they were all
1: very strong women. Um, I, wor- I was lucky, and, and Maxine, and, uh, sorry, uh, Megan and Magalie, who worked for me, who now gone off, and Magalie's just starting a new job at the City of Toronto, and Megan... Is uh, at Cineplex now, and um, I feel like the, they're all very strong and passionate about what they do, and you know, it's not always easy being a female in this industry. And I'm not even talking about the after or the Me Too. I'm just talking about the gender, you know, parity and the pay. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think the one thing I'd say about TIFF and the Academy and some of these other places is that the, a lot of them are, are driven by very strong women or, yes. or have very strong women at the top. And I've been very, very fortunate in my careers in both the Academy and, and TIFF to work either under or with, at the same table, very strong women and personalities who I've definitely fed off of. Mm-hmm. They've helped me realize, you know, you're, you have to be your biggest champion. Yeah. They will be my support team but no one's going to be my biggest champion than I, you know, and nor should they be. I, I should be my biggest champion. 100%. Um, I'm not good at that. And it's taken years. I would say, uh, I would say I still need it every once in a while. As yeah. everyone, everyone does. does yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like I've, I've got a really good network. Of, and ironically, I'm going to see some of them today, but I feel like we're always that group. When one of us has a bad day, there was a few of us at TIFF that we would put sort of the back call out of, Today's really hard, you know. I had to let someone go or something happened yeah. or whatever. And you know, you 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 did what if you depending on the time of day or whatever, you dropped everything and you had either it was a coffee break or a smoke outside mm-hmm. or you went for your early lunch and had maybe a glass of water that had alcohol in right. it.
0: Right. <laughs> water not alcohol. saying we did <laughs> just sometimes maybe. Sometimes.
1: Um, but I do, th- I mean, and I have a lot of men in the industry. I mean, Cam Haynes was the f- who hired me for my first job at TIFF. I have, I'm i very lucky to have a lot of men that um, are champions and support me in this industry as well. But I do think there's a camaraderie with females yeah. that, that you surround. And, and you just, you know, it's so hard to be in this industry or, or uh, in anything. Yes. And, and you Any know, industry. I mean, it's not like this yeah.
0: is different than other industry. And that's else.
1: where, you know, and even just, I find, like, I... I wake up every day and I feel like I make it a point to give a compliment to some a stranger every day yeah because I will tell you that that job I don't know probably that's my mother a, yeah I just, that's a lovely it's a lovely thing to put in your heart um I only ever say it with, if it's genuine yeah and I feel like part of that is because I know it's I've been lucky enough to have a complete random stranger say something to me and it can completely change my day Turns it around. I can already be having a good day, but it becomes a great day. I remember saying to a woman, I was like, that's a really fun
0: dress. And she looked at me like I, like I was a, an alien. It was such a weird, like she wasn't, it's just an odd thing to say, but at the same time, I'm like, recognize that. Right. It's fun. Say that to Carolyn Rohali at CBC. She oh, yeah. always wears fun stuff. She always, but
1: then she, but she also does. receives it. She goes, she'll be like, well, thank you. That's yeah. her thing, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. thank yeah. you. But she always looks amazing. She does. But I have to say, like, I genuinely will, uh, you know, once a day try to... And, and it doesn't necessarily, ha- necessarily happen every day. But I wake up and I'm like, if I feel the need... And sometimes it'll be five times a day. I'll be like, wow, that dress looks amazing on you. Or just yeah. whatever. It yeah. a great glass. But the goal of one is great. And I just feel like it's... Yeah, I don't know. If, uh, if it's genuine, I because uh, uh, as I say, I, I know what it's like to receive it. And, and I think that um, when it does come from a complete stranger, it kind of means something more. Almost. Yeah. That you're like, why would you... You know. Your friends gonna tell you you look great regardless. Like yeah. When you're bawling your eyes out, and he's like, "Does it look like I've been crying?" <laughs> no, you look
0: fine. Yeah. Let me just wipe that mascara
1: from your <laughs> chin.
0: And is it supposed little, to be on your chin? <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, do you feel like you've been in um, a lot of boys' clubs in your past? Yeah. And h- how have you dealt with that?
1: I am half boy. I mean, you're pretty scrappy, but yeah. But it's still. Yeah, I. You know what? I embrace different. that at times a little way. I'm not gonna lie. I grew up in high school, I was, I, and, and to this day it has not changed, and, and friends from high school would laugh if they hear this. I wanted to be in the pub watching the hockey game. I mm-hmm. never wanted to be in the club in the high heels, getting hit on, getting guys to buy me drinks. It's just not who I am. Yeah. And I'm still not that person. So
0: in a boys club, you didn't feel out of sorts?
1: No. Did you ever feel like you had to get your elbows up? Uh, no. I would say... I, actually, and this kind of goes to you know my personality. When I, I've been in, I've been in a boys' club, like literally there'll be five guys sitting around, the chatting, like, oh, I got a really crass joke. I don't know, what I should say in front of you, and I'll be like, I bet you, I'll be the least offended in this room, right? Like, I don't know if I've gone out of my way to say that, but I really, it takes a lot to offend me, right? Uh, I would say if you're like, my biggest thing is animals, hurting an animal offends me, and I will. Hurt yeah, you. we spoke about that. Yeah, on even on Facebook,
0: lover. I have a hard time when people post yeah like animal issues like I can't even have that image in my brain. yeah, and <laughs> it really hurts.
1: I know and I try to post happy stories, but sometimes you need to post bad ones for people to actually realize because they kind of think if I don't see it, it's not happening. yeah so I try I am I try not to be i I am an advocate. I try not to be preachy. yeah, I think there's a difference. no I've
0: never found your post um, preachy but yeah but no, going like back, back
1: like the boys, boys club, club yeah. yeah, but
0: so I, I'm just I, I think that we are faced you know it so kind of goes back to that like I think there should be. A site you can go to to learn rebuttals right but like there should be a site where you can go to like if you're in a boys club and this f- happens how do you step up right
1: and what have you found works for you yeah it's hard because i think also what works for one person doesn't work for another mm-hmm. like i know True. friends that i work with in the industry if one if a guy was to say one thing to me what i would say and i know if he said the same thing to somebody else she wouldn't get away with saying it. Yes. Or it wouldn't be in her personality to say that. Yes. And so it, I think it's hard, but I think you're right. I mean, I think it'd be interesting if there was sort of some sort of a network where it's like, even just tools, to your point of being like, I don't think you meant to say that outside. Yeah. Keep I think, that voice inside, buddy. Yeah, maybe that, maybe that's something you should have said to you, to your doll at home. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> if you have a doll at home, if you have
0: a doll at home, how uh, I need to wrap it up because I could talk yes. to you forever. But um, you're talking to me a little bit about uh, books and movies. What is do you have a do you have a mantra that you have that sort of um, guides you in your life?
1: Yeah, be kind. It really, Don't touch like, hard. It's kind of like <laughs> no, but it's like you know, it's kind of like Ellen DeGeneres. Be kind to people. Yeah. I I mean, I just really believe that we don't know how long, we're not getting into philosophy, not how long we're here for it in any one capacity, other in our jobs or, you know, in what a situation we're in. And I just don't, I feel like there's enough crappy shit going on in the world that I don't want to be around bad energy. And I don't want to be associated or known as, oh, that person is a horrible person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I want to be a positive person. I want to be around positive people. I want to instill creativity and good goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, And if I could save every animal that's out there, I would. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I feel like I joke with a couple of friends, like, why don't we run an animal sanctuary? I mean, I don't know the first thing about doing that, but it would make me so happy. Do you feel like that might be something in your future? I, I wish that I... Um, you know, we didn't have the volunteer programs that you get in schools now, where kids have to volunteer a yeah. certain amount of hours in places. I wish we would had that. I feel like I would have volunteered on a farm or something. I have two nieces um, that have volunteered on on farms, and my my one niece is actually at her at university to be a vet. I don't. I could never be a vet. Like no. it's way too hard. Um, but I I wish that I had volunteered. Um, I wish that I was better at school to then also know more about biology of animals and that mm-hmm. to work on. A sanctuary. Yeah, I, I want to go work at the Esther that's, Animal Sanctuary. That's Do you know Esther the Wonder Pig? Beyond your reach. I don't know a lot about of. You're going that. to. It. I'm going to send her. Oh. Um, she's amazing. <laughs> she was this little piglet that fell off a, a truck that was going to be transported to badness, and these two lovely um guys rescued her, and she's now like I think it's a 750. Pound oh my pig, god. Um Out oh. in like Pete, Prince Edward County, and they have it's a whole farm now. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna blow your mind. With oh my this. Gosh. Anyway. I love Esther the Wonder Pig and the Animal Sanctuary and the two gentlemen that run it. Not that I've ever met them. Um, Sorry, I feel like we went off topic. No, no.
0: I just had a question. So, uh, like, what's next for you? What do you feel? Is there something that you haven't done yet that you want to do? Because it feels to me, when I see you at the CSAs, I'm like, she's in the right place. Right. Like, it feels exactly where you should be. It suits your personality. You're good at your job. You love what you do. But a, you're a youngin, so
1: what's next? Oh, I love that you said that. I'm not at all. Um, uh, you know what? I I don't know. I mean, the academy still has a lot of growth potential, and, yeah. and I and I know that Beth knows sees that and wants that. Um, I I would I thought about getting into producing when I had my year off. Um, the reality is, is that. I don't think I could financially become a producer on my own as it is right now and pay my mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the idea of dabbling in producing and working with other producers, maybe, uh, you know, that already exists. whether that's a production company or just working with people. I love being around that. Like, okay. I, love, I also love seeing something happen, percolate from an idea to then being on screen. Yeah, so rewarding. It's really rewarding. Yeah. And, and I love, like, just to do another plug... I'm a massive fan of everyone attached to Letterkenny. Like, Mm -hmm. Jacob and Mark and and Jared, those are, like, they're just, they're such good people. Yeah. And so, when I'm around people that I think are such good people, that are then making good content, that are then being rewarded, it makes me so happy. Yeah. And there's a lot of shows out there that are like that, a lot of people out there like that. There's so many people out there. Um, And that's where it goes to, I want them all to win. Yeah. Because they're all great. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like, you know, I would love the, I, I, I'd like to be in a room where there where those ideas are percolating of what shows have we got, what scripts, like I, I read a lot of movie scripts. Mm-hmm. I don't read anything like pilot or TV scripts, stuff like that. And I like, I'd like to be... In like developing world. Yeah. 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 I'm, I don't know that I'm, I feel like I'd be part of a room, of the creative room of the developing and then, you know, producing. Um, like a movie sanctuary. Maybe. Like, not necessarily an <laughs> yeah. elephant's sanctuary.
0: But where movies go when they that's are right. doing well, but they need to come
1: back to life yeah. a little bit. Or maybe like the blacklist. Like, what's not, what's, what, what, what got missed that we should be making? And I think. There must be so much. I, mean, sh- sh- I haven't even looked at it for this year, what it was. But, you know, I feel like that's part Wait, of it. The- is there really a blacklist? Yeah, yeah. What does the, that mean? The, the, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? You know, the blacklist of all the scripts that don't get picked up to be made into films. Oh, I always thought blacklist is when you've done something oh, you get blacklisted and you get blacklisted. Oh yeah, no, there is that too, that's blacklisted. But no, no, it's, oh oh man, I'm totally, I can see his face. Um, sorry everyone out there that's yelling their name at this.
0: Yeah, yell right louder, now. we can't hear and, you.
1: Uh, it's an annual list of all okay. the scripts that, that got shelved. And, and some get made later on yeah. but it's the ones that got passed on for this year interesting and it's like the top scripts that you know we should have made you could start a production company called The Blacklist and look at all those scripts that get passed yeah and there's probably a reason for some of them to get passed <laughs> <laughs> but I you know I do think it's a great time to be in this industry right now I mean in some areas are shrinking in that but I do think you know um, the miniseries and, and TV mm-hmm. and some of the films that are out there right now are just so great like I loved watching Frontier. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the cinematic alone, it made me, like, I love Newfoundland. I love it out so there. So beautiful. I'm like, if you don't want to go to Newfoundland after watching that show, there's something wrong with it. I
0: know. It's so gorgeous. It's like all the BBC shows when they yes. film out in, like, like the Broad church and, Yes. Oh, my God. It's so stunning. So beautiful. That if
1: you lose the dialogue, you just kind of go, I'm just going to enjoy yeah. what I see. I'm just going to be part of this experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I'm really excited to see the next roster of shows and miniseries and films coming out. I mean, there's a lot of filmmakers that I really... I've been following their career for a long time, and there's emerging new ones that I'm excited to see what's going to be next for them. Um, Do you have any advice for folks that want to do not
0: only your kind of work, but also producing and stuff? Because you see so much. You see emerging artists. You see emerging talent
1: and how they struggle. Do you have any advice for that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I alluded to it earlier you know, it's really about getting out and volunteering. There are so many people in this industry that are willing to give you a 15-minute coffee meeting. And I, so that's the two things I tell when I meet a lot of these people is look at what areas you think you want to work in yeah. or, or and or what companies. Do you want to work somewhere like the CBC or would you rather work in a little niche um, pop-up shop yeah. or something like that? Would you rather work as a consultant freelancing or full-time somewhere and, and more like regulatory like telefilm or not? And I said, and, you know, try to figure that out. And you don't need to know necessarily. But then also reach out to them and say, do they take on interns, volunteers? Do they have events that they do year-round that they, that you could maybe be involved in planning mm-hmm. or whatever? And then also look at the departments and where area you want to be in. Yeah. And then reach out to someone there and ask you if you can get a 15-minute coffee meeting. Because I guarantee you, if you ask 10 people, you'll get at least eight yeses. Right. Yeah. And I have to say, just to go back, like there are so many people in this industry that really are willing to donate their time, whether yeah. it be a 15 minute or a mentorship, you know? It's pretty amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel like, I think a lot of people are very thankful that they've had someone like that that yeah. can get to where they are. Yeah. You know, same as I've had that. So I've, it's part of that give back. It's like someone, I didn't just get, fall into this. Right. I had people that nurtured me and helped me and supported and me. Are the women that you're going to um, bury bodies for? Yes. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say I would or I would bury a body for you. <laughs> I would, like, for sure. You would help me if I I would to- help in a, a way. Yeah. I don't think I could do the body part. I could
1: probably drive you somewhere. Right. Or, uh, like, in another case, if I was upset about something again, you would come over and have wine with me. You got it. That's what I'll do. If you were upset
0: about burying the body right. but didn't mention it during the wine so right. I wasn't convicted. Right. I'm there. 100%. <laughs> okay. We'll do that. I am so happy you could take time yeah, for me Yeah. Thank you
1: for having me. This I'm, is... It was great because...
0: Karen Bruce, one of the best. Go see what she's doing in the world of Twitter, kbruce237. I guarantee you most of her tweets are about supporting Canadian talent and that's just the way she rolls. Um, but you know reach out to her tell her that you heard this podcast and you think she's amazing you know share the love Uh, while you're over there share the love with Firecracker Department at Firecracker D-E-P-T Instagram's the same and then also it would be so great if you could go to iTunes subscribe and maybe comment just helps build our community because at the end of the day this is what this is all about we're just building a community that is supportive of um, voices being strong and you're a part of it you're part of the department, so thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for all those folks all over the world that are tweeting and sending me emails. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, hearing from you, and we'll see you next time on the Firecracker Department. I'm Naomi Sneegas. Bye for now.